Hello, everybody, and welcome to the latest episode of Women in Confidence. My name is Vanessa, the host. I am forever grateful, and I will never take for granted that you have chosen to download Women in Confidence, and particularly this episode. So, thank you very much. And if you do like it, please share, like, and tell your mates. That's the one, <laughs> so that other people can find the podcast and listen to all my amazing guests. So I'm thrilled to say that Claire Mance is joining me today, and she is the founder of a a company called Talk Communications. So disclosure, full disclosure here, my normal process is that I have a 30-minute sort of chemistry prelim call before my guests come on. Claire and I haven't done that, so we're freestyling today, and I'm actually quite excited about it. I'm normally quite strict on myself, but um, we're going freestyle, Claire. So welcome to the show. Yeah, thank you. It's amazing how as soon as you hear that record, you are recording, your hands get all clammy, <laughs> your heart rate starts going, it's like, oh God. Yeah, well, no, thank you. I'm, yeah, I'm stoked. I'm really excited to have this conversation. Um, you're in safe hands, don't worry. I've done no. this a lot of times and I would never put any of my guests in an awkward situation or uncomfortable. So you know, I'm really grateful for you being here. And it is your first podcast that you've ever done. You've been around podcasts and you probably created content but this is the first one you've done so I'm thrilled that it's mine you've chosen to be on yeah yeah correct as I say I'm um immersed myself in terms of creating content and helping people tell their story but I don't stick my hand up too much to talk about my own so it's quite daunting and exciting (laughs) yeah so tell me about talk communications Claire yeah yeah sure I mean it's um it's interesting you hone in on that and like you say we're ad-libbing it so talk communications is kind of as as I think all humans do right in this day and age we all wear lots of hats but talk communications is kind of one of the hats yeah it's a a, a small I call it kind of boutique communications studio we're we're very um kind of small but punchy team we communications god that's such a broad term these days in terms of what that means but for me it means uh, we work in very kind of human-centric emotion-centric ways to help people have the conversations they need to have share the stories they need to share um, and kind of elevate either for individuals or organizations yeah the the intent behind the work that they're doing or uh, yeah, the cause that they're supporting. So essentially, supporting others to tell their story, to have the conversations they need to have. Yeah. And what's your role there? I know you set up the company, but do you have a title? Out there in the open, it's founder and creative director. I would probably change that if I went into my profile today. But I mean, I, ultimately, yes, I I own the business. I'm the the kind of director, but yeah, creative director in terms of supporting people around how to curate that output or that conversation and who needs to you know be at the table and what channels we might explore and what is the kind of essence of the things that we want to make sure we get across so um, that's kind of what I mean by creative direction I think that can mean very different things across the creative communication sector but I really see it in terms of honoring the essence of what people need to say and to who and how but likewise again I mean I do I do a lot more of working with our collective and you know team these days in terms of supporting them to direct creatively direct their own pieces of work I guess yeah 
So more internal engagement with our, our talent and our people. Yeah. And how many people do you have working for you? Well, within our core team, there's five of us, so quite boutique, quite small. Within our collective of people that we would work and create outputs with at any given time, there might be a dozen or more, a particularly, you know, busy time at the moment. Yeah, there's there's kind of, there's about 20 people in our collective that we're designing, creating, recording, photography, illustrating, you know, whatever we need to kind of do to put essence to that story I guess and do you have a set client you know a particular industry or a size Mm -hmm. or who normally comes to you for work yeah very um fortunate to say that we sit kind of firmly in the space of for impact not for profit for purpose and again they're quite broad terms right but I mean uh most of the storytelling impact reporting videography etc that we do is in support of a not-for-profit or for-impact organisation that's trying to um, elevate their story for funding purposes or to, yeah, help vulnerable or um, people that that might not otherwise get the opportunity to have a platform for their story. So we don't tend to sell and tell or we don't sit too much in that really commercial space that's definitely not-for-profit, it's all, all government departments and local government agencies that are working with a particular community program or um, youth program or what have you. Mm. So I've, I've looked you up on LinkedIn and I've done a bit of research on you. And Stalked you've always been me. in that, yes, yeah, <laughs> you. It's the less polite way of saying it. Yeah, yeah. But so, you know, you've always worked in the creative industry. You know, you've got marketing in there, you've got events, you've got, you know, the pure creative output. At what point in that career, and I know this is not your first business, but at what point in that career were you thinking, I'm going to set up my own agency? Um, it was about five years ago. But uh, no, the first time I thought about it was actually oh, years and years ago. It's so funny. I looked back, you know, within some old Dropbox folders, not that long ago, actually, at like little business plans or little mood boards or little like goal sheets, vision boards, all this kind of stuff that I used to do. And I've realized that I've actually been wanting to carve out my own kind of culture or network collective of people around a shared set of values and way of working since I was about yeah 20 years old so the best you know well 20 years ago yeah but when I actually got around to doing it and had the confidence to do it was yeah five years ago when I or four four five years ago when I kicked off talk so it's been a long time in the making yeah. Well, you you did it for me, but it was a beautiful segue into confidence because <laughs> <laughs> so you should we should swap places. <laughs> so in terms of confidence then, let's start that conversation and I always get warmed up into the the mood of confidence by asking this question. What does having confidence mean to you? Um yeah, uh, confidence. What does confidence mean to me? I think um confidence is kind of the accumulation of some of the failures and mistakes that you've made that have helped you kind of reaffirm what you believe in the world and what your boundaries are and what your values are so I think it's like ever evolving which is the beautiful thing about it but it's yeah it's being able to set set boundaries for yourself and for engaging and collaborating and working with others 
having a really strong sense of um, self-worth and the values that you attribute to your own behaviour. And it's just feeling really clear on your intention. To me, Mm. that's kind of what it means to me. It's such a, it'd be very different for everyone, right? It's such a um, self-exploratory space, isn't it? Yeah. Mm. And I think that's why this podcast is so enduring and, and I can keep going with all my guests because confidence means so many things to so many different people. And their interpretation of it and, you know, their life history. There are, you know, it's infinite the number of, of times we can explain confidence. So based on your explanation of confidence, would you say you're a confident person? Um, oh, yeah. Wow. These are good questions, aren't they? Look, it's so, I'd have to wear different hats to answer that. If somebody was to say, do you think Claire's a confident person? I think like outside world looking in, most people would probably say, yeah, and I think Claire's an articulate, you know, confident, engaging person who, you know, speaks her mind and puts forward her ideas. But then there's always that behind closed door mindset and hat that you wear. And look, I have days where, yeah, no way do I feel confident and I think actually to touch on your question before about what is confidence confidence to me is also you know a strong state of mental health which is you know a big part of my story and so yeah I you know it's something that I work you work at right you work at and it's that self-love and that self-care and those boundaries etc that you set and you keep working at that that help you kind of achieve that so am I a confident person today I feel confident, <laughs> but yeah, no, I have days where I'm like, how have I not been exposed as being some kind of imposter or when is this, you know, going to run out or, you know, but it's typically days where maybe working on something I should have said no to, or I'm feeling particularly burnt out because I haven't had those self-care metrics in place on that particular week for any given reason. So I think it's something you work at. And you protect, like you protect it. That's the other really key word about confidence, I think. You have to protect it. Yep. So when you have those days when, you know, the the imposter player comes Mm -hmm. in and is the big speaker in your brain, like what do you do to either quieten that, distract it, make it go away? What's your approach to that? Well, I mean, I'm I'm very grateful to say that there's less of that going on in my mind these days. And even, you know, touching on that question of, you know, it, I'm grateful to say it's been a little while since I haven't felt, you know, well or confident. What I have done, you know, is really focused on the language and the stories that I tell myself about myself. and how do I explain that without it seeming kind of like woke or woo-woo or like I'm constantly having conversations with myself but like we are you know we are literally our brain and our bodies are kind of an electrical network of linguistics we're constantly telling ourselves stuff we're constantly constantly absorbing information so that we can react and respond to the world and so many things happen in our day and so many relationships, so many life events, et cetera. And I think 
the narrative that we tell ourselves about what's happening to us and how kind or harsh we are with ourselves is a massive part of it because if you're constantly telling yourself negative things or putting yourself down or I'm not up for this or how did I get this opportunity or you know neurologically we're going to create those pathways that that's what we believe whereas if you're like no no hang on it's understandable that I might think that because I'm a bit scared or I'm feeling a bit uncomfortable or this is a big opportunity for me but what are all the things that I can think about in terms of my strengths or previous experiences or relationships or advice that I can draw on that I know to be true, you know, and shift that narrative. And I make sure I create space for that in my life uh, a lot more these days, whether it's through meditation or whether it's just before I go to bed or whether it's when I'm walking or what have you. I try and create space rather rather than think about the to-do list or all the things I've got to do or all the places I've got to be or all the things people are waiting on. Um, I think about the strengths and attributes that I'm going to bring to that day in order to smash all of those things. Yeah. So as a founder and you know, the creative director and I think you've got you, – have you got kids as well? Yeah, so I've yeah. got um, – that's so – Full circle to that first question, I, it's funny when you say, you know, the founder of Talk or Talk being the business. Yep, very much a mum, which I do, like, say, part-time, but you have a, a full-time job and then you're also part-time mum, aren't you? <laughs> it's like you don't squeeze things into the 20 hours a week. It just somehow you squeeze more in. But, um, yeah, mum to a one-year-old, Millie, who has just created so much more confidence for me um, as well that's been a big part of the shift for me I think in the last 12 months being responsible for another human and how she sees the world or the things that she experiences and modeling the right kind of language and behavior and things for her affirms a lot of the positive things that and influences you on your own life so that's been really helpful and the other hat I wear is uh, a business that's very much in its infancy at the moment. I'm kind of more in the ideation stage, really. Uh, the people practice, which I'm also part-time <laughs> studying a Bachelor of Counseling and Addiction. And that's I, I kind of see that as bringing all worlds together of rather than just the storytelling component of some of the not-for-profits or the organizations that we're working with is if there are vulnerable situations or people within those organizations that need some form of um, outlet or support or support with defining their own boundaries and values that I'll be in more of a kind of um, accredited educated space to handle those conversations in the right way so yeah I think that's all the things yeah so with all those things so founder of of talk communications a mum too I didn't realize she was so young, so a one-year-old, which I know how time-consuming they can be, and also yeah. studying. How do you then carve out the time for yourself? Because you said it's really important to do that. Yeah. But with everything going on in your day, week, year, how do you take the time to carve out some time just for you? Yeah, um, I get up really early, 
that's one way of doing it. I get up before Millie wakes up, so typically around 5 a.m. And the only way I'm able to do that is I go to bed pretty much as soon as she goes to bed. And that's also been a bit of a shift as well, like cutting out, you know, things like social media or, I mean, like I love a good Netflix session, but I try to do it a little less these days. So I think sleep as much when I can, you know, wake up early and get some really good, clear, quiet headspace and time in the morning um, is one way that I achieve that. But yeah, I do all sorts of things now in terms of um, particularly one thing that's like really awoken in me with this um, degree that I'm working through at the moment is you can actually create space for, you know, creating silence or space or positive narrative within your mind when you're in the shower, you know, or when um, I listen to podcasts with my headphones on when I'm driving to the office yeah, and then it's like when I'm actually in that space of work or I'm in that space of creating some kind of experience for Millie or what have you, I just hone in on that, really. So, but it feel it does feel like there's not many spare minutes in the day, you know, like I, I don't, I don't these days, and, and so many people would relate to that, right? I'm not kind of speaking to, that's life now, isn't it? It's like. You just, um, but one thing I think is I just feel calmer creating that space really early in the morning to do meditation in particular. And I know like it's so meditation, 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 that's this and listen to this podcast and watch this thing on YouTube. And it's hard to kind of, I can't quiet my mind when I sit and do that. But one thing that would that really, um, sticks with well there's a few actually but like that practice and that commitment to getting up every day to do it even if it's like 10 minutes or 15 minutes I just find my head is so much clearer throughout the day but when I used to tap into it wasn't in and out of that various times throughout my life and you do it some days and not others or you do it some weeks and have really good sprint at it and then not others Whereas I, I, I have got to the space where I do it daily and it's incredible actually how much that has changed my life. It's so interesting you're talking about early mornings because my um, we've got a dog and my dog has just taken to waking me up really early. And I put yeah. a post on Instagram recently saying, look, I've now because she wakes me up so early to go out, I, now my body is waking up really early. So like I'm waking up like this morning, I woke up at half past five. So my body is naturally, and I put this post on I'm thinking, you know, that whole 5am club is mm. really, really not for me. Mm. And I got some really interesting feedback about it. And it seems like it's, it seems to be women sort of at a certain age, maybe they're finding it to be just this beautiful space in their life or in their day, sorry, where they can be on their own. Even if it's just drinking a coffee and watch the sun come up, but it gives them some grounding and it gives them the peace and quiet I mean it sounds really boring doesn't it it sounds like it's not even that profound but I and the thing is is I was not I was not a morning person like but I've I've found and again maybe this is since Millie came along I've found that if I don't do that then I really don't get any 
well, much time to myself because even then weekends and stuff, which I'm quite protective of, you know, it's family. It's it's there's the three of us and our dogs and then extended family that or friends that you might catch up with. So that like alone time, um, there's just no other way that I would be able to achieve that. And I think you can be motivated by your priorities, right? So if you're lacking something and you're like, I really need some space and time to myself, then that was one way to achieve it. But the other thing that I've been really interested in and I've got to do a lot more research too, but it's just the quality of sleep and how like no one's going to want to get up at 5 a.m. in the morning if they've had to work on a deadline until like midnight at night and they've been, you know, chasing energy drinks or drinking coffee to get there. And and I think it is that confidence and that self-worth thing, right, of setting those boundaries. It's like, yeah, there, there will always be someone that's pushing at you for a deadline or there will always be a thing that you've got to do or there will always be a narrative in your head where you're saying, oh, such and such is going to be annoyed if they don't get this thing tomorrow or you've got those really clear boundaries and you've got a really good set of values and intentions it's a real shame if other people put pressure, you know, on you that that means that you can't kind of take that space for yourself. Do you have a set of values? Is that something that you've purposely crafted? Yeah, I mean, look, I don't. Um, I knew, I thought that question might come up, and I I I don't like have oh, these are my values, and you know they're on the wall or on post it on the mirror or something like that. But yeah, I I do have a couple of set values that I just really do believe to be true um and the other thing is that I really sense check on myself though is my intention you know you can have values of honesty or passion or whatever your values are but if your intention for why you're doing something or why you're supporting someone or why you want more money or whatever the things is if your intention is not looking to add some kind of value to the world and to other people's lives I find that you know it might not work out quite how you expect it so I think values is one thing but intention is another Mm. you said earlier that since you've been getting up early and you're doing meditation and all the the practices you said you feel calmer now Mm. what was pre-milly pre-meditation pre-early morning wakings up what what was Claire like well I mean it has been it's not I wouldn't say it's just pre-milly I think actually I think the big shift for me was when I did go out on my own four or five years ago with talk and that was on the back of some pretty like horrific behavior that, that I experienced across well my whole career path really there's been some pretty gnarly work experiences that I've had but I think it was a transition from when I took over, yeah, really, as I say, honing in and the culture and the values that I wanted to wrap around the collective that of people or studio that I was creating. That was like a big, oh, I can just do my best on my terms now and the people that I'm fortunate enough to connect with, collaborate, do work for if I hold that intention true, will be aligned in some way and I won't have that, you know, bad behaviour or stress placed upon me because you just have a conversation and you reorientate where you're going to go next. So that was 
um, the beginning of the journey, I think. And what was I like before then? Yeah, I mean, if I go back 20 years, just celebrated my 40th birthday and learning every day. It's not like I kind of feel in any way, shape or form that I've like reached, you know, like I'm really excited about what the next 10, 20, 30, 40 years hold because it just gets better basically. But if I look back at 20, yeah, I was just, I was a wreck. I was working under extreme pressure in the industry, working with people that really didn't have my best interests at heart and working extortionate hours, no kind of voice or ability to be able to say this, you know, this is my boundary or I'm not going to work across this this way because because I didn't have that kind of, you know, value set or affirmation of what expectations I set for myself and I would drink and I would drink lots of coffee and I would make really poor decisions that impacted myself and others and I struggled with yeah some really quite challenging um, mental health challenges really or it was hard it was really hard but that wasn't just to do with work I guess that was me exploring who I was as a you know young adult and adolescent really it's a tough time I think growing well just the whole sort of 20s late teens 20s tough anyway it's time you leave home all the structure you've got in place around maybe school and university goes and then you enter into the world which is not as kind and is relentless yeah it's it's a really tough time plus also you're trying to figure out who the hell you are because you know, all some of the um, constraints of, you know, the system have been taken away from you. You've got to figure out, I'm no longer in school. I'm no longer a student. You know, I'm no longer this. Who am I? It's a t- really tough time um, mm. for, for many, many people. And you're not unique in that. No, 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 100%. And that you're, you're quite right. I mean, that's a really tough time, I think. And, and all of the potential skill sets or, or things that you've been taught up until that point start to kick in or not kick in, right? I think coming back to the theme of confidence as well, like, oh, man, if I could go back, honestly, like 20 years and those years of my career where I didn't have confidence, I didn't have a sense of self-worth, I was really you know anxious and stressed and unhappy with my life which as you said a lot of people would go through as they're forming their identity but I think it's some of those situations that you get put in as well along the way that should just be better you know like some of the things that we go through and we experience in the workforce with bullying or bad leadership behavior or what have you in this day and age should be avoided when you're kind of going through that journey of of figuring out what your strengths and weaknesses and things are people should be there to support you with that and systems should be there to support you with that I think we do kind of just get let out into the world sometimes and that sink or swim mentality and depending on what experiences and things crop up along the way can have a really, really, and people can have a really, really big impact on where you go from there. Well, let's do some quick fire questions. So okay. let's go back 20 years and you can speak to yourself. What would you say to yourself? 
I would probably tell her to bite her tongue a little bit more, (laughs) think things through before you react. But I would likewise say that, yeah, to, to expect a certain level of care and consideration from more senior peers and to, if you're in a situation where you don't believe your best interests are being you know genuinely cared for that you should tell someone else yeah I did a lot of like putting up with shit really in silence you know and I I would definitely say do not put up with that if -hmm. someone's bullying or having kind of an abuse of power let people know and when you talk about bullying was that just uh, one occasion one or was that have you felt that has happened a number of times um yeah unfortunately I mean look I wouldn't want to give anyone industry a bad rep but I, I think this is probably across the board right any workplace culture has got its highs and lows so I don't necessarily think it's a sector related thing but yeah there are a lot of egos and bold bold personalities particularly in like the old school advertising days and God, I'm going back 20 years. Imagine what it was like, you know, 20 years before that. But does that experience that you had or experiences you had, do they still sit with you? Do they linger? Oh, no, definitely. And it is experiences, sadly. You know, it is it, it is experiences. And I think, I, I would think that people listening to something like this would be like, yep, no, it's been experiences, plural, for me too. And did they have an impact on me? As I say, yeah, I was I was really struggling at that particular time in my life. So I was very vulnerable and uh, I was really looking for guidance and mentors and positive modelling. And I, in several cases, was bullied. So, yeah, it had massive, massive impact. And I had to kind of claw my way out of that. Yeah. All right, back to the quick fires. Mm. You are baking a confidence cake. It's, it's a little bit of an odd one, but go yeah. with it. So this cake, confidence cake, you can put three ingredients into it. What would you put in it? Space in terms of like silence and space and time for yourself. Uh, I would put fun and joy you know they kind of go together so I'm making up six here by the sounds of things but they go together and the third would be uh family and friends genuine family and friends people that you can trust and Mm. do you have a good group of friends and your family around you yeah I do and actually I've got far less friends um than I used to uh you know that whole quality over quantity I used to be such a social butterfly man and I used to have like you know so many people that you'd text and ring and different groups that you'd go out with etc etc and that's the same thing right you're exploring your identity and you're getting that sense of self and all the rest of it but yeah no now on on the old speed dial or you know people that I engage and text and spend time with it's it's really like a handful of people and and then my my family I just I that was one thing actually when I was thinking about various things that might pop up in this conversation so I'm glad it's kind of come about is I think the relationships that we keep over and above your own values and boundaries I think the relationships that you keep are a massive massive source of confidence if 
the people that you are spending your precious time with don't want you to be successful and achieve as much as you want that for yourself and vice versa. I think it's probably time to let the relationship go and it doesn't even need to be a negative process, you know, like sometimes we hold on to relationships for the longevity of them. Oh, no, I went to school with them. Oh, you know, we had kids at the same time or what have you. And yet you go away after having a coffee or a drink or a conversation and think, did that add any value to either of us? And did I walk away feeling a bit depleted and drained and negative? Yeah, I think it's important and, and it's okay for relationships to even flow and for you to come back to them another time or another chapter in your life. That happens too. And I used to put a lot of emphasis on, you know, pleasing people and spending so much time and energy on other people's goals, achievements and success. And I think keeping it keeping a small crew is um is served me well. Yeah. Final quick fire then, what's the one book you've read that has just changed your life? Oh, I actually do a lot more listening than I do reading. Okay, um, podcast then. Well, I do podcast or something uh, like okay. audiobook. I love the Infinite Potential podcast series from Deepak. Uh, they're great. And he speaks to a whole lot of different psychiatrists and psychologists and kind of change makers and stuff. Dare I say, I really love the Oprah uh, Soul Sessions. They're incredible. And she's just, she's such an amazing storyteller. And the diversity of people and subjects that she talks to as well means you get that real diverse kind of perspective of different people's thoughts. But actually one book I've just thought of is um, Plan B by Cheryl Stanberg. Her kind of the diversity story that she rose up from and, you know, her husband lost his life and she had to kind of track on with two kids. She worked with a clinical psychologist that's a really interesting story but yeah as I said I'm very much a podcast person as opposed to a book person good yeah. it's good that you're a podcast person on a podcast so yeah <laughs> yeah all right so um you probably don't know this Claire but we've been talking for about 40 minutes for nearly 45 minutes something like that so the I always think these things go really quickly um I yeah. hope my guests also think that and it's not just I'm not just here for my own pleasure but thank you so much for being on the show and and being like sharing so much like we'd never ever had a conversation before to this depth and you have shared so much I'm really grateful that you have trusted in me your story so thank yeah. you for being on the show oh thank you no thank you very much it's been good it's been cathartic Ha, 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 ha.